in in a far flung future, Disney will own everything, and Nick Cage will be in it in everything. <laughs> Yeah, those two things will just converge. By that, that time, they'll have both. Uh, that's that's how we're going to go out. That's going to create the black hole is the, the right. uber monopoly of both those entities and entertainment. <laughs> everybody to another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere my name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello it has been a minute since we have done one of these i can't believe i remembered all of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> to the listener there will you would have known that if i hadn't said anything because we pre-record it's an important part of this process say that five times fast <laughs> jesus do I even need you tonight, Tim? I'm just going to stream of consciousness and shit out of this. Two topics enter. Insanity. It's gone. It's been gone for a long time. Tim, what did you bring? I brought pretty much the only thing that I've been thinking about or doing anything about lately. That is Berkeley Online. Woo! Accepted. Woo! <laughs> so I'm excited <laughs> to hear about it. I wanted to talk about the thing that I've been doing most frequently is Right now is my 31 Days of Horror Challenge. Ooh. Second year I'm doing it, and it's a fun... I have a fun, like, end goal in mind for, like, doing this multiple years. So I kind of want to talk about that and, like, a lot, a lot of horror movies. This this is going to air, like, in December, so it won't really match up. But it's, <laughs> it's a fun discussion for us to have. You can listen to a podcast in a weird time. It's fine. But listen to it next Halloween. <laughs> All right, so... Berkeley Online, back to school. Rodney Dangerfield yeah. status. <laughs> I should get one of those shirts that says college. <laughs> First name, last name, college, university. <laughs> you know, this is sort of like, uh, uh, you know, I feel like I talked about the whole process leading into this a while ago and I wasn't accepted to uh, Seattle and all that stuff. Yeah, this so is I like the end of a trilogy of episodes because there was yeah. Tim's uncertainty about the future. The right. reje- like the really re- the helpful rejection letter, which sounds like a yeah. kid's book, and then <laughs> the the conclusion back to school. But yeah, well, and, and to be fair, this may not be the last you hear about Berkeley. I might, no, you know, it's like a year long yeah. pro- program. Yeah, yeah. Once I kind of decided, like, okay, I am going to do Berkeley. Well, actually, a lot of it had to do with the financial aid part of it was waiting to see, like, am I going to be approved for enough money to pay for all of it and right. to give me a bu- enough money left over to buy all the gear I have, yeah. which I feel like part of me wants to have a whole spe- separate episode just on the gear, but, you know, yes, not really. Oh, dude, just... we could do, like, a gear rundown. Like, you could, un- like, <laughs> have you gotten all of it? Could you, like, unbox it? No. Shit? Like, that's the thing dude. is, it's, like, it's been this, like, slow-coming thing. And Well, um, tune in for that for the uh, yeah. <laughs> Motor Mouth YouTube channel. Tim unboxes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll react to you unboxing. It'll, like, wait, one hand washes the other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's part of it too, is like my, like, I'm actually going to have like a, a grown up like 
set up once this is done because yeah. like I had to, I, you know, I had to work with John. I had to get a whole new computer. Like I'm actually going to have an actual desktop computer, like an, an, an iMac, not a MacBook. This is oh, my yeah. first time in like probably a decade since I've had a computer that's not some form of laptop, you know, and I basically have to have my, the way it is now is I have my laptop on my desk and when I need my keyboard, I take it out, but it's like, nope, like I'm going to need my keyboard 24 seven. So it's going to have to yeah. be a permanent part of my setup. Um, I had to get, uh, so you'll, you'll appreciate this. I remember I sent you the list of like what the, the Mercury rig stuff was. And I went through the list and all the hardware. I'm like the cheapest thing, the cheapest thing, but I didn't do that for the headphones. I actually bought the Sennheiser uh, HD 600 or some shit. Yeah. Like, normally like $400. I got them at Sweetwater for 300. So I'm like, oh, good. Okay. Boy. But I think the other one was like the $150 audio technical ones, which I wasn't yeah. going to get those, but I was like, you know what? Again, like this is, I want this. Yeah. Like, but Those I was like, hey, I, I want this to be my, my career, you know, like, so fucking do it. Like, I'm not going to, when, when else am I going to have money to buy $400 headphones, you know? Dude, you went for so, the Sennheisers. That's, that's pretty, that's a commitment, man. <laughs> Those, well, that was the thing. They had a jump where it's like $150 Audio-Technica or $400 Sennheisers. So I was like, okay, I don't know what's in between. Like, I don't have time to do research. That's the other part of it too, is I had to just right. take their kind of, you know, okay, this is what you're telling me to do. I'm going to run with it. There's some stuff I'm putting off on getting because, uh, first of all, I, I ran out of student loan money. You know, they pay you out every semester. Right. So it's like, okay, I can't afford to buy all of this right now. Um, but it was kind of cool, like going through the list, like, okay, I need this, I need this. And then sort of, okay, this I can hold off on, but I need this for now. So, so that's sort of the thing is like, I, I ordered all this stuff around the beginning of the semester and not all of it's here yet, um, or not all of it am I getting till next semester. Anyway, so that was sort of like one part of the epic was like, okay, I got to buy a bunch of shit now. I'll also preface this to kind of set up uh, a while ago, the studio that I teach at, there were you know a few people who were like taking days off and they wanted someone to sub. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Like a full day of lessons, get some extra money. I didn't realize what a mistake that was at the time. Or it's just like here, one day here and there. It was actually the Monday and Wednesday of my first two weeks of classes. Like this is right now, week three is just starting. I've only been in oh, classes shit. for two weeks. So I went in like totally like i don't want to say totally fucked but like that was like two days where you know between teaching the lessons travel time and, and you know an ocd level shower like yeah. that ate up like eight hours a day like two of the days for two weeks the short version is i've been like fucking scrambling to catch up like hit the ground running since since day one more since day two because i had to teach on monday like the first day so it was kind of like playing catch up the other thing too that was that i um, I'm getting all the shitty stuff out of the way. There's a lot of great <laughs> stuff that I'll get to. Um, but, you know, when I was first kind of signing up, it's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of do it at your own time. There's a weekly lesson you do. And I'm like, great, I'll just kind of jump in. I get on on Tuesday and I'm looking through the list of assignments and it's like, blah, 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 do Monday. I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like I'm already behind. Oh, I mean, luckily they were like meet and greet discussion posts, you know, that type wow. of thing. But also comment on two other people's posts. So, I had to write three posts and like comment. And I was like doing all this stuff. And in the meantime, I think the assignments due like Monday or Tuesday. So of course I spent all Tuesday working on the stuff that was due Monday. And then Wednesday comes up and it's like, okay, I've got it. But I also have to teach on Wednesday. So, you know, and one of the things that I'm hoping that they're lenient about is, you know, all the assignments are due midnight, which is East time because Berkeley's in Massachusetts. So it's 10 o'clock PM here. So I know it's technically the same time, but psychologically to me, that's like 
two hours earlier because like sure. that's 10 o'clock here. It's not like, right. oh, I have till midnight. It's like, no, you have till 10 o'clock. Uh, and usually the way it works is like, you know, for each class, it'll have like a bunch of readings and then um, a bunch of like, you know, little like short assignments. Some of them, like I said, are discussion posts. Some of them are, you know, do this little exercise, then submit it. And then sometimes it'll be like, do this exercise and do a discussion post about your experience with it. Um, and part of what would had kind of really messed me up the first few weeks too, was that a lot of them, like they have all these little, uh, pages or chapters, you know, it'll, you'll kind of go down the list in their syllabus and just kind of keep reading and go through the next thing. A bunch of them, you have to get through almost all of the reading before you get to any of the assignments. So it's like, it's not just like, Oh, here, here, read two things and then do this assignment that's due Tuesday. It's like read basically the entire lesson. And then do this assignment that's due Tuesday. And by then it's like, it's already Tuesday. And I'm like, fuck, I had to teach last night. I didn't get a chance to do this. And then, um, and then, uh, um, you know, and I'm also doing three classes, which, um, yeah, the one thing I would say, if, if you have the leeway to stretch this program out, I would suggest doing two classes a semester and taking a year and a half to do it. Like I, you know, for various reasons, both like with money, both just like with time, like, you know, it's like, I want to get this done. So I'm just going to, you know, and I don't have a full-time job, so I can also do that. But like doing this full-time is legit full-time. Like this is all I've been doing is like when I'm not eating or sleeping, like I'm sitting in front of my computer, either working on an assignment or like reading the the material. How is it going back to school? Like, like to to be doing um, that, especially like you've never done like online school before. Right. I mean, it's, it's great. I, in general, like since I left high school, I shouldn't say that there were parts of high school. I really enjoyed like all the the band related stuff, Yeah. but since I've left, like definitely outside of high school, like I like 99% love being in school. Like it's, it's great. I love like that. My brain just like feels on fire constantly, you know, instead of like, go do this stupid task for most of your week. That's going to wear you out and then try to think about anything you want to think about. Good luck. You know, it's like, Mm. so I love that. It's just, I mean, yeah, I think it's like the work life balance. I have to get readjusted to, um, especially sort of post COVID where it's like, you know, uh, you know, not having a job for that long. I mean, except for kind of little things here and there and doing some online tutoring here and there to be like back to school full time. It's just, it, it is a lot, but it's like, Hey, you know, it's like, this is, the way I look at it is kind of like, you know, this is ideally what my life would be like, but instead of taking classes, I'm doing this to get paid money for doing it, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause that's the thing is a lot of the projects are like, Oh, write this short piece or sequence this thing in your DAW or do this, you know, and it's like, okay, like this is all the stuff I need to learn how to do for the job and all the stuff I wanted to do because I don't know how to do any of it, you know, and, or I tried to figure it out on my own. That's been the whole thing. It's like, um, you know, YouTube's good for some things, like, especially if it's a hobby, but it's like, if you want to make a career, it's like, aside from just like, who the fuck do you know you can trust on YouTube? Number one, (laughs) number two, even I've seen that even people who are successful, like people who you recognize their name, they're not, you know, or just in general, this is a lot of stuff. If you're good at what you do, it doesn't mean you're a good teacher. You know, right. So you try to watch a video of some some person who's like an A-list film composer, and it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Or like you just took two hours to say something you could have said in five minutes, you know, because meandered around and showed me all your gear and kind of like 
you know, fumbled through what you were doing instead of having like a lesson plan (laughs) to be like, this is how to do this thing, you know? So that's been part of it too, is that like, I feel like all the time I've spent trying to learn these things on my own. Yeah. Like the hours of YouTube videos I've watched, I've probably learned one hour versus uh, one hour's worth of information, you know? Whereas with this, it's like everything, like I just, I feel like fucking at the end of the day, I feel like fucking Neo when he gets like <laughs> uploaded, everything he's just like, I know Kung Fu. It's just like, oh my God, I know how to use logic now. <laughs> you know, it's like, like everything is just being kind of like crammed in and it's great. And um, that's sort of that's the awesome. thing that I've been struggling with is like, because I've been taking so much, like in the first two weeks doing all those lessons, it's like every time I've been working on school, there's been an element of stress where it's like, I have to hurry up and do this because it's going to be late. I'm running behind because of all this other stuff. And then of course, every Monday and Wednesday, it's like, fuck, I have to leave to go do lessons and I'm not going to be home in time, you know, home and showered in time to finish this assignment that's due at 10 o'clock, you know? Luckily, some of it I've been able to do like on my phone, like I did a few discussion posts from my phone while I was in lessons in between. Um, so, so that was sort of a good learning experience. I actually, I actually even changed my availability. Like I told my, you know, the manager of the lesson studio or a few weeks ago, like, yeah, like put me on Tuesdays now. I'll do Tuesdays and Thursdays. That'll be my regular availability. And I've actually like emailed her. I was like, take me off Tuesdays. Like, luckily I didn't have any students on Tuesday yet. So it wasn't like, what are we going to do with these students? It was just like, take me off. Like I, I need to only do Thursdays. Like that, that's all I can handle right now. So that's good. I think, you know, that way too, it's late enough in the week. I have enough time to pace myself and get my shit done, you know, and it's just the one night, you know, I can make up for it. And luckily the all, you know, the, the end of the week assignments are all due on Sunday night. So it's not like everything has to be done by Friday. That's good. So yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's been intense. That's, that's been like the best word for it is just intense. And I think it's going to this week, Things have gotten a little bit better again, because I actually had Monday to myself to not be like, you got to go teach for eight hours today. Same thing with today, you know, like I do have to teach tomorrow, but it's only for like a few hours like later in the day. So it's like, and yeah, with the podcast this week, you know, there's a few other little things I have to do, but then next week should hopefully be even better because it'll just be like nothing but school. And then that one little bit of lessons. So yeah, it's been nuts, like trying to catch up. And I feel like I, I feel like I haven't been able to absorb as much stuff because I've been under duress as I'm learning it. But, right. but I mean, it's still there. Oh, I'd also like to give a shout out to Workflow. If you <laughs> either need to take less, take notes or, or any kind of organization, uh, workflowy.com is, it's a, it's a thing. It's basically like an infinite outline and you can just have bullets within bullets within bullets within bullets and you can zoom in. And, and that was sort of the problem I was running into with like word processors. First of all, they're shit at dealing with bullets. They never do what you want them to do. But also like you run out of room to the right of the page. So whereas with this, like I basically I set up a bullet where I'm like Berkeley. And then under that is like my three classes. And then each class has its, you know, every week has it in. And you're able to just zoom in and look at it just like, okay, what am I doing in this lesson right now? And it's been a great way to take notes to just have it all organized. And if I ever want to go back and look at anything, like you can zoom out and then all it says is Berkeley, you know, you know, this class lesson one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven, and twelve. You know, it's like it's almost like having folders kind of, but it's all mm-hmm. just text. And it's been a really great way to organize everything. And I feel like if I didn't have Workflowy, like it would, I would just have this like thousand page Google Doc that I would just be like <laughs> this running stream of consciousness. Or I'd probably have to break it up into like a separate Google Doc for every lesson or something like that for every week. And then I'd have like a thousand Google Docs floating around, you know. So this is all just compact into one place and you can just sift through it and it's great. 
So I don't want to talk too much about the content of the classes. I don't want to feel like I'm giving away Berkeley knowledge for nothing, but just right. to sort of sort of say like what my experience has been. So I'm taking three classes. So one of them is film score analysis. The other one is orchestral mock-ups in film scoring. And then the other one is professional film scoring skills one, collaboration and communication. Fuck so, yeah. So it's so it's it's great. It's this perfect Dude. trinity where you have like like the analysis, what have all the greats done? And then the other side of it is okay, like how do you technically create the, and that's exactly one of the things I want to learn because working in, in logic is sort of one of my biggest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, my biggest weakness is, you know, the marketing end of things, the business end of things. So like right off the bat, they're like, here you go, here are these three things, you know? And that's the thing is that with both my composition degrees, there's, there's zero focus on the business of how the fuck you make a living doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And in this program, like day one, it's just like, here's how you do this, you know? And um, yeah, part of it has been like, how do you go about contacting directors and how do you kind of, you know, try to, you know, get a gig of doing their film score and stuff like that. So that's been great. You'll probably be happy to hear this because I feel like I've complained about this a lot. I'm starting to understand how reverb works now. (laughs) (laughs) Goal number one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's the thing is like, I feel like if I had this short list of like, here's all the stuff that in my 20 some odd years of being a composer, I've never figured out, yeah, how to make a living and how to do reverb. And it's like, boom, here they are. As you were talking about like being excited, but also stressed, it's like, I am really enjoying in my life right now that I can say to someone, oh, I d- I'm not in charge of that. I don't know. You'll have to ask this person. <laughs> and I feel like student is the opposite of that in every way, shape, and form. If you're asked something, you better find the fucking answer to it. It's so right. nice. Yeah. But like, I, I was thinking, it's like, what would make me excited to go back to school? And I was thinking like, if I could take like film courses like analysis and then like filmmaking, like camera movement, yeah. cinematography. I, that, that's the, what I would endure the, oh, I got to find an answer for it. It's just like, mm-hmm. I think me going straight through high school, undergrad, masters, all in a line, yeah. like I got burnt quick. And I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't, I was a lackadaisical student, like in terms of like my study habits and like, I did have a good balance, but you always felt the pressure of like school is never done. There's always something else you could be doing. You could be doing more reading, especially in, in grad school. Yeah. So it's like thinking like, ah, I could, I could not return to that. The man I am now, <laughs> but for film school, I would definitely. So it, it's, it's cool to see you like, and this is the thing you're talking like, it's been intense. I'm stressed. You don't look haggard. You look, you look like uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like it's been, it seems like it's doing you good, man. So that's awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, like I said, like, I mean, like most things in my life, it's kind of like, I, I, I sometimes feel like Zach Morris, you know, I love school. It's too bad. Classes have to get in the way. I mean, it's not that <laughs> with this because I love the classes, but it's always the, the parts of my life that are necessities. And I'm like, without this thing, my life would be great. Like if I didn't have to work to make money, my life would be great. You know? And that's kind of the, you know, the role doing those lessons came in where it was just like, Oh, I need to pick up some extra lessons because I'm kind of you know I'm short on money because I've been buying all this gear. And then it's like, like, no, that's fucking up this thing that I'm paying a ton of money to do, you know, that's, that's supposedly going to, you know, get me to the other side and, and make it all worth, worthwhile. So, so I was glad I made that decision. And, and funny you say that too, because 
this is probably the most sleep I've gotten in the past few days. Uh, and the, the, <laughs> the earliest I've woken up because what was it? I think, I think it was Sunday night. I had a project, one of my projects I had to finish. I went to bed eight o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. Krista was, Krista was getting up to go to work. You know, she was just like, have you been, I was like, nope, just, just finished. I'm getting ready to go to bed now. I think I slept till two o'clock in the afternoon that day. The next day I went to bed at six in the morning. I think I got up around one. And then last night I went to bed at like five in the morning and got up at at noon today so okay uh, so yeah getting getting so, better getting better. so by the end of the program you'll be a normal human fucking being again yeah you'll you you'll well, have it's always funny to through a regular sleep cycle by the time the yeah. needle will be over well that's what i think sometimes i wonder it's like if it'd be like around the world in 80 days where it's like if i just kept pushing my schedule later you know, in terms <laughs> of like when i go to bed you know there's that i used to make this joke with my roommate in college you know like when we would stay up all night and the sun would come up and we'd hear people getting into their cars at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. And it's like, they're starting Tuesday. We're not even done with Monday yet. You know, it's, like, it's like, you feel like you're a time traveler. You feel like you're displaced, you know? And yep. it was that same thing with Crystal. Like I was ready to go to bed on Sunday night, finally. And she was getting up to go to work on Monday morning. So there was this like overlap of like yeah. perception of time and everything. So it's like, yeah, like if I, I guess I would end up losing a day because yeah, like, if I just kept like pushing it further and further, I would wake up being like, it's Saturday. And it's like, no, it's Sunday. Like you've been, (laughs) and not that I want that to continue. I mean, I like the fact that if I need to, I can stay up and I don't have a job. I have to go to at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, that's the thing is like, I don't, I, I couldn't do this. I mean, plenty of people in my classes are doing this either one or two classes at a time. Oh, okay. Um, which is That's more manageable. Cool. Like if I had, yeah, if I had a full-time job and was doing just one of these, like that would be fine. Yeah. Like I can only pull this off because I have nothing I have to wake up for anymore, you know? Um, and I can stay up as late as I need if I have to finish something. But yeah, like it's, it's, it's been like my life. It doesn't feel like two weeks. It feels like it's been a month, but you know, uh, just, uh, but again, like the stress is more of just trying to get everything done because I've had other things to do. Um, I'm yeah, I'm really excited to see what next week is going to be like because I feel like this week my plan is to be caught up and not behind, so that next yeah. week I can maybe start getting ahead of it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I would I would like to finish all my weekly assignments by Saturday so I can have Sunday off. <laughs> you know, like that would be a nice thing. Although what they do to fuck with you is they they actually drop the new classes on like Friday night at midnight. So, so I'm trying to finish up one week's work while they're like, Oh, here's all this stuff. Uh, It's Saturday. You could start working on next week. So it's like this overlap. So like, I'm hoping that I will allow myself to have a day off, not just be like, well, I should start working on this week's assignments now. Or, you know, just like wait till Monday, start it first thing Monday, like go to bed early Sunday night, get a good night's sleep, start it early Monday. So that's what, that's where I'd like to be is, you know, getting up at a decent time on Monday going, Hey, I got to get up and not because I have to go to some dumb job. It's because I got to do my school now, you know, and have a yeah. full day of Monday to like hit the ground running. So that's what I hope to be next week. Oh, one of the other cool things I wanted to mention uh, is that for, for one of my classes for the, the, you know, the marketing one, they're like, yeah, you have to, for this class, you have to find a director to score their film this quarter as part of like, the, so, so what that's right off the bat, it's like, cool. I'm going to have, I'm going to have like a new film score as part of my portfolio, like at the end of this. Yeah. That's worth the price of admission right there, man. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so that's, that's cool. And the way it worked out was really good too. Cause again, they just kind of pepper that in with all the class stuff. Like that's not an assignment. That's like one of your weekly assignments. It's like do all your weekly assignments, but also find a filmmaker. Now, luckily they had like a posting of all these student filmmakers who are yeah. like, we want, we want music. Um, what was really cool and, and without going into too much detail that, you know, they kind of go over, like, these are the steps of the process you usually have to go through. Like one of them is, you know, reaching out to the composer. I mean, the director, one of them is if you think that some of your music might kind of hit the vibe of what they're looking for, make them a playlist of your pre-existing music, which here's another thing, shout out to, I think it's called real crafter, um, which is this, this service where you can basically upload a bunch of your music. It's kind of like, soundcloud in a way but mm. but better because it doesn't have a bunch of fucking like stupid ads and stupid shit coming at you and you can basically like put together kind of like a playlist like you could i feel like in general it's also just more like uh professional looking you know it's not just like oh here's my soundcloud right. tracks but also if you don't want them to listen to it if you have like a 10 minute track and it's like oh it's these 30 seconds you could do like soft edits on your track and it'll only play a clip that's which is cool. which is really cool because that's that's my case a lot of the time is I have like these ten minutes of music and it's just like oh man the orchestra really fucked up in this one minute I don't want them to hear that so you can like nope you're just going to listen to this part of it or just in general if there's a small part that fits the vibe they're looking for but then the rest of it is completely different you can kind of hone them in on that and then you can make like little comments that are directed like specifically to them and you give them this custom link that has like you know which again a lot of this I think happens in SoundCloud but it's also like you know, I feel like it's the difference between like, here's the link to my website as opposed to here's the link to my Facebook profile. You know, it's like, right. I feel like you don't want to be interacting with people through Facebook on a professional level. You know, right. it's like, so that was really cool. And then usually after that, then they might ask you to do like a demo track of like, write something specifically for my film and I'll see if I like it. So I was like going into this, like, oh shit, on top of all this music that I'm playing catch up on, I have to do all these fucking steps. So I finally reached out to a, to a director and, you know, with the first step of sending an email and, you know, thinking in the back of my head, okay, if he, if he's on board, I got to do a, a, you know, I was, I was like gearing up to do this playlist, you know, of my stuff. And he got back to me with, I listened to the, some of the stuff on your website and yeah, I really like it. Like, so I'm like, fuck yes. I was like, Dude. first of all, like, how cool is that? that it's like, you know, th that he liked my stuff. But second of all, I can skip this whole step of making him a custom playlist. Like, you, boom, like jump. You had step. already done it, man. Like you would are that. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's so It's like funny. 20 bucks in a, a pair of jeans like that. Yeah. Works already done. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so that was, that was really nice. That was a nice kind of validation to get, but also, like I said, a bit of a relief, like this is one less yeah. thing I have to do, you know? And uh, we already we already had a Zoom meeting. We're actually going to be doing a spotting session on Friday. That's um, what you were saying. Oh, that that's that's cool. Yeah. Is that so the that's second kind of time a, you've yeah. gotten to do that. Yeah, yeah. Only the second time where I've yeah, like so so yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I feel like it it, it it makes me feel more like a professional film composer. You know, where it's like sit down, director, tell me what you want. I'll talk about my thoughts. We could just kind of like hem and haw over this, you know, and you know, especially then because you can kind of t throw out a bunch of ideas instead of just sort of me working on a bunch of music and then maybe you'll like it and you don't like it. I feel like this way it kind of gives me a, a, a an angle to shoot for. And then if it's, 
then if it's not what you want, well, that's my fault because you told me what you wanted and I didn't deliver it as opposed to, I didn't know what you wanted because you didn't tell me, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So that's so um, cool, man. Yeah. So that's fun. It's cool um, that it's like, this is a program and you're learning, but you're also like, the assignments are practical. It's not like you're just doing busy work or assignments. It's like, this is something you are actively pursuing this career while learning yeah. these components of it that i that's so cool yeah so so in some of the classes a lot of what they'll do is you know the well the so the the, uh, the midi mock-ups class or or sequencing is another term you know the professor say doesn't like the term mock-up because it kind of like i said it's like a negative connotation it you know, makes it sound like a placeholder was like a lot of times nowadays they'll just use the mock-up because it's like if you if you're good enough at doing it it can sound real enough as opposed to hiring an entire orchestra, like we'll just use that, you know, especially depending on the budget of the thing. So a lot of it is like, okay, here's how to do this more realistically. Uh, And it was kind of funny too. Like there, there's so many times in that class where he'll say something and I'm like, and it's like what you're not supposed to do. And I'm like, yep, that's what I've been doing all along. So I'm glad (laughs) I'm taking this class. Like one of them is like, you will be every part you play in, you put into your dot, you will play in on a keyboard. You will not take a score from Sibelius or Finale and import it in. I was like, yep, that's exactly what I've been doing. Good, not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, the other thing was he was talking about how, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, a lot of beginners will just slap reverb on the main out on your thing and just have it applied <laughs> evenly across the whole track. I'm like, yep, that's me. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's, oh. it's really cool. Like to be learning, you know, be like, yes, I'm in the right place because he's telling me this is all the stuff I'm doing wrong. And he's going to tell me what to do differently. You know, with, with a lot of the assignments, it's like, you know, either take a piece you've written or take it like a, you know, here's a, a sheet music to a piece. And in every case, I'm trying to use like the sheet music because I want, I want to be challenged to do something that actually already is pre-existing real music. Mm-hmm. And like, can I make it sound like that thing as opposed to, Oh, well, it's my own music. It sounds however it's supposed to sound. However, I say it's supposed to sound because it's mine. You know? Right. So I had to, I had to do that twice so far where it was like, take this sheet music and, and play every part in and make it sound as real as possible. I thought of this too late. I was going to send it to you. I was going to play one of the tracks I had to do and not, it's not perfect. You know, it's not like going to sound like, Oh, you totally fooled me. This, this stresses me the fuck out what I'm looking at right now. (laughs) This is just my, my, all my other documents. So here it is. It's like, Oh, Berkeley. Okay. Here's all this. Here's my class. Okay. These are all us. Okay. Here's all the exercises. This is why you fucking love uh, workflowy so much because this is how your brain works. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all folders within folders within folders within folders. And that's basically what workflow does. Actually. Yeah. Let me, so what's nice is this is all one. It's one Uber document basically. But if you look here, you can zoom in. So this, okay, this is one lesson. And then this is for another class. This is for another class. But like in any one of these classes, I can click here and it's like, oh, this is all the stuff associated with that. But then I could be like, oh, no, minimize that. So I'm just dealing with like subject headings or whatever. I, I wish I need the thing in my brain to click with it because we, we tried using it for stuff we right. were collaborating on. And I just like for some reason, my brain is not processing it, even though I think that way. And that's how I organize like all of the music stuff. And like I just don't organize pros that way like i yeah it hurts my brain i mean i think for me yeah it was something that i always needed and it just never existed whereas if you don't if you don't automatically see the need for it it's like why would i do that this so listeners, we're play... looking at a pretty pretty crowded desktop right now <laughs> yeah 
Well, this is one of my many desktops. See, that one's a little bit better. <laughs> oh, geez. This one I'm not as excited about. But this was Foray's Pavan. So, like, we had this page of sheet music. And I had to – and so, again, normally what I would do is I would enter these notes into Sibelius. Right. Export it as a music XML file. Import it into Logic. It would drop everything in, and I would pick what instruments play each part. But what we had to do here is physically play each part in on our keyboard so that it's an actual physical human performance. And that's yeah. one level amongst others that, that adds a level of reality. So I'll play that. There's something's coming through. It's not very loud. I mean, it's very light. It's like flute and pizzicato strings. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to show up on the recording, but... Okay. Well, this is just for you, though. That's not the thing I really wanted to share. That was more a sound test anyway. Gotcha. So then this was the next week's assignment. So again, I, I'm not claiming it sounds exactly real, but I guess in my own mind, I'm also picturing how this would have sounded back in the day if I did it through Sibelius. <laughs> hear the reverb tail it's there (laughs) (laughs) it is crit like that yeah i i I get i get how in putting those notes into a module rather than like I, you can definitely tell that there's a difference that's that was is so weird to hear because like you hear we've heard the same version of that fanfare our whole life right i've never heard another version of it so any any deviation from that recording hit my right. ear like what have you done to my child <laughs> like, it, it was good and it was it was a really good model for that right like for that very right. for that feel but like the yeah. whole time i'm like it doesn't matter how good this is because the perfect version the the most like intense conditioning in my head for what it's unless you're gonna go it. scott pilgrim and go full eight bit you know right version or, and that's or okay the uh um the beginning of soul with the the middle school band fanfare oh yeah like, <laughs> that's right i forgot about that yeah no that's that's cool that that's something i would never have thought like to do is like physically input it to because like i mean when i do stuff with a keyboard it's as a baseline pun to build beats and stuff so i'm like i'll play something and I'll quantize it and fix it and make it sound perfect because it's artificial mm-hmm. and I, I'm not worried about it being like natural. But like it, it, it does make a difference. You can tell. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's that's also week two. You know, that's not yeah. I haven't learned everything, but that's right. sort of like for, it was mostly a focus on yeah, like playing all the parts in, and then also like the reverb. And I learned um, I, it actually was sort of put in a very cool way that like made sense. Like you know, again, I, I understand why guitarists use reverb. But it's like, why do my sample libraries need reverb? Like, they're recorded in a hall. Part of the reason is they're recorded in, you know, if you have them from different companies, they're coming from different halls. Or some of them are recorded dry so that you can add your own reverb. So a lot of it's making them all match and making them sound like also not just any reverb, but making it sound like the way reverb sounds on Hollywood film scores. Like, what are they doing 
that's making it sound a certain way. Um, so I learned a lot of that, like both from, you know, the idea of like, oh, here's how to fake that sound, how to achieve that sound, but also here's a, a better workflow way to handle that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, instead of just slapping it on the main out and be like, <laughs> everything's getting the same reverb. Um, I also had to buy a better reverb too. Um, so I ended up buying uh, Valhalla, which I think is the brand name. And they, they're, they're Valhalla Room, I think is their more just like basic generic reverb uh-huh. that's meant for this type of thing as opposed to like a special effects reverb. Like they also have for free, I think it's called like Space or something like that. It's some other like special effect reverb that I was like, that sounds fun. I'll get that. But that's not going to sound real. It's going to sound like, you know you're okay. I'm adding reverb as a special effect. So, but anyway, like I've been working with that one and they've been mentioning a few others that I might buy, but they're also like, Oh yeah, this one's really great. Oh, that one costs $800. Okay. Sure. (laughs) You know, it's like, I I can't even tell the difference right now. I'm not going to spend $800 on someone's word. I'm going to wait till I can kind of feel like, okay, I need something better than this. Where do I go next? And it was funny too. I watched as part of our class. We had to watch this video where a couple of guys from Spitfire audio we're basically doing a, um, uh, what's it called when you start like with the eight and then you go down to four and they kind of, you pair them off. Uh, 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 what's that called? That like, like a tournament? Yeah. Like a tournament. Isn't there a name for when you do that specifically when it's like these two against these two and then the winners of those go against these two. It's like a bracket. Bracket. Like Thank you. Yeah. Bracket. Yeah. 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 So they did that. And one of them was actually like a physical, like hardware reverb. Guess how much it cost to buy that, that unit. Uh, I mean, just tell me, like I don't want to under sixteen thousand dollars. shit for reverb. <laughs> That's insane. So I, I I was looking up there. There's a, a guitar pedal that I really want that is is stupid expensive. Like it, it's 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 not sixteen grand. But what's cool about it is like reverb. There's there's a spring reverb. What mm-hmm. the way they kind of create the sound is they make the spring move. And there's reverb pedals that you can buy that you connect to actual spring units. So it's a box. Oh, that's cool. Plug your pedal in and you actually like your sound going through it vibrates the spring and it makes this huge fucking echoey, like space unicorn reverb room (laughs) sound. And it's not like it's 400 bucks. I think I can't, and it comes with three different tank sizes, which is really cool. But like, yeah, 16 grand is, insane yeah and it and it it didn't even win like they 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 took turns doing the bracket where it was like a blind taste test Mm. and i think it was funny too because like the one i have the valhalla room is like one of the the least expensive it was only 50 bucks compared to the others which are hundreds nice and i think both times that one went up against valhalla room and it was just like, come on, man. Like, how do you like give it a fighting chance, you know? <laughs> like, but I think one time Valhalla Room lost and the other time it won. So like okay. one of the other one of the guys actually picked the fifty dollar one over the sixteen thousand dollar one. That's one of my favorite yes. things in like yeah. music tech is like the sh- the sound shootouts or the blind shootouts. Mm-hmm. Like those are my favorite guitar videos where it's like, we've chosen this type of overdrive, ranging from ten dollars on amazon to seven hundred dollars on ebay if you're lucky (laughs) yeah almost always there's some middle of the road pedal it's just like perfectly well built nothing fancy but it's like oh that's got to be the super expensive one (laughs) yeah right so yeah i basically talked a little bit about two of the classes and the other one the film score analysis class so that's not that would be the one i'd be most excited to do to do like yeah 
it's in terms it's of really like cool. research. Yeah. Um, what's funny is I think, and I just, uh, I just got a comment back on last week's assignment and of course, like I'm, I'm trying to be an Uber nerd. So I was like, why did I get an A minus? <laughs> but, but I think he gave me a, a clue as to what I've been doing wrong is that I'm still approaching this the way I would approach like as a, as a classical composer slash, you know, music theorist is I'm, I'm still talking very like technically about the music and sort of what's happening. And I think my approach needs to be instead is to focus more on like, cause that's what part of what he said is like, you know, you're not talking enough about how the music connects to what's going on on the screen. Gotcha. So it's not just like a musical analysis of music that happens to be a film score. It's, you know, it's how is it serving the film as a film score? How is it um, functioning as a film score? Right. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a whole new turnaround for me. I'm going to yeah change my approach to first, like, as I'm taking notes, you know, I'm going to notice where the music changes, but then right. go back and talk about what's happening in the film at that time first, and then be like, oh, this is how that's being represented in music. Um, See, and that's that a great mix for like, that's a great way for you to look at it too. Cause like, you really understand story structures. Like you, you like those. Cause I mean, that's the, the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. every, the meta, the metaphor, right. What met, metaphor of, I'm trying to figure out what, what, what to call you as a follower of Campbell and metaphor, <laughs> like <laughs> as a new religion, metaphorology, right. You're on yeah. like level 27. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, i'm in the uh ask for a free t-shirt stage like yeah (laughs) no but it's cool that that you're you're seeing it differently already like yeah i'm already sold on this program like you've learned so much and it's already like it's paid for itself is me spending no money on it is i've I've gotten my value out of it already (laughs) yeah no no but you're right yeah it's like i mean like right out of the gate it was just like here yeah like i said here's all the stuff you're doing wrong here's how to do it instead which is like yes thank you you know or you know here's the all the stuff you've been waiting for someone to teach you that they haven't you know and i I sometimes wonder if if a lot of schools don't delve into the the business part of it because it's like maybe and this is a very pessimistic way of looking at it maybe they don't want to feel like oh well if i told you how to make a living and it doesn't work then that's my fault you know the school's fault but if the school never tells you how to make a living and you don't make a living, it's like, well, that's your fault. You need to figure it out. You know, like, I feel like the, you know, most schools seem to be like, we're just trying to make you good at your instrument. Not, we're not teaching you how to be a professional musician, which I feel like a lot of times, you know, what they teach runs contrary to it. And I've seen this, I don't want to get into specifics because I don't want to call anyone out, but people who are very near and dear to me, having professionals take advantage of that person being like, oh, hey, can you do this gig for free? And it's like, motherfucker, you're my teacher. You're supposed to be teaching right. me how to make money doing this. You should, yeah. above all other people, should acknowledge I shouldn't be doing this shit for free, you know? So, like, you know, that type of thing. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of schools, it's almost more like the school is in it to make themselves look good in terms of, like, yeah, come in here and be a good musician as part of our ensembles and right. whatever, and then go out and hopefully you kind of make a fucking living out of this, if not... I guess, sell insurance or some shit, you know? Um, That's the thing. Like I, there's definitely that in, in English too. Like, hmm. but I feel like there's much more like the cohorts that are coming up now are demanding professional development help. And like, oh, good. I feel like they're like with specific universities, it can be very difficult to get out of the like 
sell it, sell it, sell it, sell it, and then fuck them after we're done with them. Like, right. I, I, I totally understand. Like, it's a huge kind of bureaucratic endeavor to change the philosophy of those places. But there are, like, I feel like the next generation of college goers, however many we convince that it's a lie and don't waste your money and just make some fucking money yeah. and not be in debt and be happy. Like, depending on how effective that is, then the next couple of generations coming into the universities are going to be like, where's the money? Like, how, how do we turn this yeah. into a job? Because we, right. we, you fooled our parents and you fooled, they haven't gotten it. So tell us how to right. get the job. Yeah. And it's, it's bullshit too, that I feel like the answer now is like, Oh, we'll get an MBA. It's like, that's great yeah. if you want to, but it shouldn't be like, yeah, I already did college to learn the thing. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do college again to learn how to make money doing the thing. You Don't know? sell me the same and, line twice. Like that's, yeah. I'm, that's, that's shame on me territory. Like, right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the thing with this is they're like, here's how to actually, you know, do this in the field, like participate in it and, you know, and again, not that they're guaranteeing you a job, but at least they're guaranteeing that, like, you know, we're telling you what the steps are. Like, you still have to do them, and luck is still a big part of it. But, you know, it's like, yeah, it, like, I still to this day don't know how I'm supposed to make a living as a composer. You right. know, like, wh- what do I do? Who do I talk to? You know, and I mean, I'm starting to understand how to make a living as a film composer. You know, oh, you go to, you go to film festivals, you talk to directors. I get that. If you want to make a oh, living as a composer, like who the fuck do you talk to? It's going to give you thousands of dollars to write a piece of music. Right. Who? <laughs> you See, know? and my my thought always was like with composers, like okay, you you you're a teacher, and then you get paid to teach, or like you're a professor, you get t- paid to teach, and then you also get to compose and have the the little students you're teaching play your shit like that. That's right. how I was like. I don't see Mozart anymore, you know, like not this traveling, right. like, I don't know. I would want to try and do it. The, the film composer route. And I think is there something else like this, almost this program almost reminds me of a trade school. And I feel like there are programs mm-hmm. like this, especially when they're geared towards online learning and they're geared towards working professionals and have the flexibility for you to take it over a year or a year and a half, depending on how many courses you're taking. Like those programs seem much more geared towards you have bills to pay after this is right. over. And I think that that shift in philosophy makes a big difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, so for that class too, my first, the first week's main assignment was to analyze music in the first hour of ready player one. Oh damn. So, so that That's was cool. fun as hell. I mean, well, not, not all the music, but we had to basically find a theme that kind of came back again and was somehow like transformed later on. And then, you know, kind of notate it and be like, okay, explain these changes and how it fits the story and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really cool to be like, you know, it's not just like, I, I mean, I think to be fair, like there are like, I think gone with the wind is one of the scores we're going to look at it at some right. point, but like, it is like also, yeah, like ready player one, like here's, here's something cool. Uh, the one we had, I, the assignment I did yesterday was from the proposal with Ryan Reynolds and oh, Sandra okay. Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but it was cool. It was like, it was really cool to dig, you know, I feel like you don't think much of the music in romantic comedies, but they're, they're doing a lot, you know, to support yeah. what's happening, you know, and, and kind of digging into that and finding out what was happening musically, like, wow, this is actually pretty interesting, you know, like, um, so that was really cool. And then oh, at the, I wish uh, you were the end, looking at like the room 
the score for the room. <laughs> I don't want to. I do. I want to see that temp score that became a movie. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we are. Um, oh, and, and you would appreciate this. One of the other things we're looking at. It's kind of neat, too, because like throughout the lessons, there'll be a few things where it's like, oh, here's some music from this. And it'll kind of either give you a piece of the score or kind of tell you. So you're not always figuring it out for yourself. Um, so we did a, a thing where he, he talked through the, the music in uh, B-movie. Oh, okay. So, so it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, Joel would love this, getting to you know hear Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> isn't it kind of jazzy, too? It's it's like a, almost a jazz score, isn't it? Like uh, Maybe the one we listen to is when he's going out to like do the flight with the group of bees, and he's oh, getting okay. outside for the first time. So it was very like you know, uh, uh, um, Air Force kind of style gotcha. stuff, okay. you know, type of thing. And you have this side of ex- first flight excitement kind of thing. So yeah, definitely. That's I thought funny. of you because like, you know, Oh, like there's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> God, they, they really thought that movie was going to be like the next thing Jerry Seinfeld was good at was like, Hey, we're going to make more of these. And it did fine. <laughs> yeah. The movie is, it exists. <laughs> That's all I could well, say. Did it? Didn't it come out around the same time as A Bug's Life, which I feel like... Well, no, no, we also had Ants around the same time, too, right? It was just like... was like five years later. Like, that, that's oh, how okay. out of touch Jerry is. He's like, ah, oh, they're making yeah, bug bugs. Yeah, we'll do a... <laughs> I don't know, Jerry! We'll do a bug movie! I don't know why doing Costanza on helium. Is that what I... Jerry! Fucking Jerry! Anyway... <laughs> That was kind of scary. Uh, Much like what I've been spending my October doing. <laughs> yeah. Is that shameless well, did you start? If they, if you start in September, too? Dude, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, we're, we're switching topics. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. I'm like, congratulations. I'm glad you made the decision. Yeah, no, yeah. It's so cool to hear, like, how it's going. And, like, I yeah. am excited to watch you open all your gear. And, like, especially the headphones. Like, I want to see the headphones, like, really bad. So, in the last four years four or five years, I have started to fall in love with the horror movie genre. Mm. Mostly as a result of peer pressure from Alice and a, a, a sage-like guidance from John. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like, like yeah. pushing things slowly into my, right. my purview. You were definitely his Padawan oh, when yeah. it comes to horror. <laughs> I, I think it, year before last, so this was 2019 pre-pandemic. God, we're going to have to start referring to things like that now i kind of gave it a try i was watching more horror movies and kind of like trying to integrate because uh alice would do she does it's season for scares i always make fun of it like because i misremember the name and stuff but Mm -hmm. tries she tries through the month of october to only do things that are spooky themed so if she's gonna Mm -hmm. play an rpg it'll be a horror one or if she's gonna get together and do board games it'll be horror movies or video games and all that stuff and she has a bunch of friends that got together and would do that. So I, I had come in a couple to a couple of those events or like hangs and it was really fun. And it was like, Oh God, I really don't do anything during October. And like, I think it really solidified in my mind, like last year, because there was nothing to do. And I was working from home. I was like, I could actually, I could try. So the 31 days of horror is like all every day in October, try and watch one horror movie a day. And when you're working remote and the couch is right the fuck there, it's really easy to knock them out. Like, so I, last year, I think I did 48 movies. 
So there were nights where I doubled and tripled up, and there were weekends where I did full days of movie marathons. And I've been, I, and that's the thing. Like I, you know me, I'm a fucking garbage disposal with content. I'm just like try, like I'm I'm a completionist, and this is a new genre. And I hadn't been to the movies in a what like um six months, which is a long time for me. I like I love going to the movies. Maybe my favorite thing to do ever. So here comes October and it's pandemic. It's like, what, how am I going to make, like, we're not going to be able to go out or do anything fun. Like how to make it fun is like, Oh, you, there's this whole genre of movies. I've seen very few of, and I could potentially watch 31 new ones in this month. And it's like, okay, it was very much kind of like a coping with not being able to go out and do anything. So I made this event and it was fun. And it was, every movie was new. So it was, there was like, it wasn't like I was rehashing or getting bored. It was just like, well, if I didn't like that one, I'll move on to the next one. Or if I really like that one, oh, I could go down this director or this genre or these films that were remakes of that. So like, it's so like, there's so many like facets to horror that it's lent itself really easily to like, well, I didn't like that one, but it was from the eighties is an hour and a half. I can move on to another one. No harm, no foul. And then I would get into ones where it's like, Oh God, I, I finished that one. It's only eight o'clock. I could probably get in the sequel before bed. So like, <laughs> it was really cool. And so uh, with doubling and tripling up, I got like 48 movies and that's with all day working remote <laughs> in a job that was nice. less busy than this one. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking coming into this next year, we're, we're more on campus now. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do it, but I was thinking with my birthday being at the end of September, I'm going to treat the day after my birthday like Walmart treats the day after Thanksgiving. It's Christmas <laughs> time, baby. So the mm-hmm. second my birthday was over, I was like, okay, let's start watching horror movies. And so I'm. it's the 13th of October today. So I'm halfway through the blob right now, which I'd never seen before. But I started on the 26th and I've been watching horror, or the 27th and been watching horror movies every day since then. And it's fucking awesome, Tim. Like, I, I, (laughs) it's so cool. Like, I don't know that I'm so glad that I hadn't watched a whole lot of horror until now because it's like now there's this whole unmined content area. And it's like, and I'm like at the age and the maturity where it's like, there's some that are spooky and stuff like it will give me chills and I like see things in the corner of like when it's dark and shadowy, like it, it definitely puts you in that space, but it's also like, I can reason through it and like appreciate, okay, that's schlocky. Oh, that there's a reference. I think as a kid, well, I don't know. Like I, I was a pretty bright kid, like would connect things, but like, I think I would have been too scared to actually like process any of it as art or mm-hmm. as, as like delighting in the genre for being a genre and recognizing the things about the genre that are entertaining. So it, it's so cool to like, seriously, like, I feel like the whole year I save up horror movies where I'm like, okay, that one just came out. I don't want to go see it. I'll wait until October. Like, and I'll bank them. And then by the time it's, it's October, I have all this huge list and I've got a massive list that I've been adding to and shipping away at, but still adding to this. this. So, so is it more, is it mostly new horror films you've never seen before? Or do you, um, Cause I know when I did the Christmas one, it's most of them are just like, these are all the Christmas movies I want to watch that I run out of. And that's part of why I was doing it. Yeah. And I know that, like at first, a lot of them, you hadn't seen a lot of them, but like, yeah, that that's a good, so what I've been kind of doing when I don't have a whole lot of time in a day, I've been looking at ones that are like shorter or ones that I've already seen before is kind of like, okay, I can put this right. on. I've gotten the gist. Like 
But I haven't really, I'm trying to look. I guess the Alien films are the ones that I have seen before this year. Yeah, because I watched Alien, Aliens, which isn't, it's more action than it is horror. But I watched that on, and that one was in September. So if it doesn't quite count towards the total, like I'm, I'm being very like, lenient with myself on this but i think this year with the exception of aliens everything i've watched has been new so Damn. so far so you you found 31 movies horror movies you've never seen before well, so, essentially on well, top of yeah well let, let's see because i have i have i have a spreadsheet going and i have <laughs> last year every movie i watched last year and i'm working on it now so today as of today the only one that i've watched for this year that was a repeat was aliens all the other the other 15 films god <laughs> i'm too ahead of the game so the other 15 have been uh well no there's more than that anyway all of those have been new so yeah i, I have this huge running list of ones i've never seen and last year let me see what the breakdown was god there's so many on here and it's kind of like i've been deliberately trying to hold back on ones i've seen because my ultimate goal and that that's kind of the arc of this is as I'm doing this, I'm trying to craft the perfect 31 days of horror. I have a running kind of working draft of the list where every day of the month is a different subgenre of horror. And the pick, like what I'll have, then I have like uh, first place, second place, third place, like options, like you could rotate between them. But like what would be the perfect progression and then crescendo to halloween so i've got like vampire movie zombie movie creature feature commentary on the genre mockumentary um aliens uh child horror possession doll horror slasher uh italian horror giallo like there's all these different subsections of it so i'm trying to like werewolf like trying to hammer out like what would be the perfect ones for that but last year let me see one, two, most of last year I watched, like, for the first time. Yeah, we watched, like, Hotel Trent. That's the other thing. So in order to, like, not totally alienate my partner, who I live with, Tyna, there are also, like, spoopy or just spooky movie, spoopy with a P, two Ps. We really like the Hotel Transylvania movies. Those are really fun. Um, we just watched with my uh, friend Frankie and her fiancé now in their house at Bailey. We watched Frank and Weenie, which was really entertaining and sweet. Like what we do in the shadows, Tyna doesn't like, but it's not scary. And I've been trying to kind of put together a list also of like good movies to to watch in at like a horror party, something that's not so scary that's going to ruin everybody's night, but engaging enough. Like it's fun to like talk over bobbing for apples or whatever people do now. Right. Yeah. Maybe not do that anymore. But like, um, so like looking for things that, I could watch with her. So it's not like, Hey, go out of the living room so I can watch scary nonsense. So I'm working on that little list too, as kind of like a plug in, like, okay, you've watched six conjuring movies, maybe take a break. So Tyna can come out of the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) When I have the whole genre of like, there's so many I still haven't seen. And like, I I was really timid about like kind of modern horror because I was watching, I guess, Gateway Drug. This was when Zeke introduced me to Silence of the Lambs. That was kind of like the first proper introduction to horror. And then I went through Hannibal and like Mm. Hannibal really tempered me for a lot of things because there's body horror and shit in that that's so extreme that it's like, well, nothing else is going to look this pretty or as scary. So like I'm, I'm pretty well tempered in that. That being said, I was still. Ruined you for all of their horror movies. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, no, it ha- it has it, it. It's signaled how how gay some horror movies are, which is great. Like, I, that's also something I'm really enjoying is like deliberately gay horror movies that people totally fucking missed that they were homoerotic at all, oh, or they dismissed it. Like Freddy's Revenge, the, the second Nightmare on Elm Street, is the gayest movie ever made. It's it's amazing. The lead is essentially a survivor girl, but he, he's he's a guy. It's just outstanding. And I was talking to a big fan, and I brought that commentary up, and he, they were like, "What?" <laughs> it's like go and watch that movie again and tell me that this is not clearly talking about the homosexual experience in America. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How you miss that. It was like, they're swinging with a pretty big hammer. So that's been fun. It hasn't been difficult for me to find movies I hadn't seen. Because this is whole genre. What I was saying is I was really timid about watching modern horror movies. Like The Conjuring or anything right. kind of in the 2000s. Because I was going back to the 80s. Because I want, like, I'm a completionist. But I also kind of like watching things as in order as I can. I've been, I was watching the Halloween movies, trying to get all of those, trying to watch all of the Friday the 13th movies. I haven't finished all of those yet or the uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Streets, but like trying to build it like Texas Chainsaw. I wanted to go back to like the classics, like the ones that people always talk about and also like universal horror. Like I, I enjoy every subsection of it pretty much. Like mm. body horror is something I haven't really latched onto too much, but the fly is fucking outstanding and like i would recommend that to anybody just as like a testament to jeff goldblum but like cronenberg's ex- exceptional makeup work in that film is is gross it's so good it's so yeah. gross I, I remember a lot of the key scenes from the fly just being like oh yeah the the, the fingernails man like Ugh. yeah it's yeah, I think the worst one for me is that his teeth when he's holding the pencil and he's typing and he takes oh. the pencil and his teeth just fall out under the keyboard oh yeah God, oh, so such a good film. But this year, so like I was I was timid about it last year, but this year I went fucking hard. So I did the Conjuring films, the Annabelle films, Malignant, which is James Wan's new film, which I would recommend to everybody I know because it's amazing. Um, I watched Slither, which I hadn't seen, which was really entertaining, which it's James Gunn. James Gunn oh, directed it. Okay. <laughs> So it, it definitely has James Gunn energy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I've gotten into, uh, Alice calls it the uh, Catholic horror cinematic universe, mm. which is the the Conjuring, Annabelle, Curse of La Llorona, and um, uh, the, Nun. the Nun. So I, yeah. I've watched Conjuring 1 and 2, Annabelle 1 through 3. Probably going to skip The Nun. I haven't heard very good things about it. I want to see Curse of La Llorona. And I do want to see Conjuring 3, but that, that's the most recent one that's come out. So I, it wasn't in my DVD combo pack that I found. So I also have... Conjuring 3 makes Conjuring 2 look like Conjuring 1. <laughs> so Conjuring 1 is probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like really? that shit. That movie... That's high praise. That fucked me up. Like that was... <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't know. Like... The things that scare me and that really hold up are like Texas Chainsaw, the first Halloween. Mm. Conjuring is really good. And you you get to say, like, James Wan really understands horror and really loves horror. And that, like, it comes across in all of the films that I've seen that he's been part of or written. So, yeah, between, like, Conjuring, Annabelle, and Conjuring 2, if you watch those three, 
you've got my respect in terms of like surviving harrowing horror. Like those, those, those three are really good. So I, I've got all five Final Destinations that I haven't seen that I, I bought this this last month. So I've got well, those. That's my other question. So like, you do you buy all of them, or do you stream what you can and just buy yeah. what you need? Like how? So I, I have a list of like I I look through a couple like horror comp like uh, analysis of the genre and like evolution of the genre of YouTube series and like picked things from that that big build on my list and like the criterion collection stuff I can find online through canopy. I have those on the list. And then as people have recommended, I put them on the list. And then this year, what I started doing was looking at like when they were a bit, that was another reason I wanted to start early was like, I wanted to watch Jennifer's body, but it was going off of Amazon prime the day October started. So I was trying to get those in. So like a lot of them, I bought it because it was like $3 in a bin at one point, chapter one. The, the then, new one or the original one? The new one. So I bought chapter one and then I watched it. And then in the same night, I was like, fuck it, I got to buy the second one and just watch. So I, I bought that one digitally. So like, I, I've been trying to say, okay, these are the ones that are streaming now and kind of, but I've also been like, mainly in October, I've been looking for collections and they're gone because everybody got them already. So like what I was, because I knew I wanted all the Freddies. I knew I wanted all the uh, Jasons. I knew I wanted all the Halloweens. So I was just kind of buying stuff up, even like regardless of the quality, because like, or having any impression of them, because I just wanted the full canon. Like that, that's how I've yeah. been doing it. Like, so if I have the opportunity to get a combo pack, it's like 10 bucks for all the films. Like I'm doing that. But like last year I didn't have to buy, I had Jaws 1, but I hadn't seen two, three, and I still haven't seen four. I stopped watching four because it was so bad. But like they were streaming two and three. Those are great. I love the Jaws sequels. Like they're, I really am entertained by them. But yeah, so I, I do have a running list of things that are on HBO and Prime and Netflix and Hulu and stuff. So those are part of the list too. But I also, this year I was like, it was, it was birthday month. So I was like, ah, oh, I can buy some horror movies for my next month. And so I got all the final destinations. I got the screams, which I watched the first time last year. God damn it. I love the scream series. It was so good. They're doing a new um, one now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four is, is, or is it five on the horizon? Five is on the horizon. And it's, I'm, I'm very excited because <laughs> it's been, it's been a minute. Like the internet was kind of a thing in the first few films, but like now it really is. So like the meta nature i don't know like it's gonna be really interesting anytime horror tries to go meta with technology there's a fun like oscillation between really really good commentary and like why did you even bring this up just just kill somebody just just stab them like there's no (laughs) don't make a commentary in this film um oh and i got oh so i got all of the i got annabelle and conjuring in, in a pack and then I got all the saws. Oh shit! And I've never seen any of those either. So that's the thing. Like I, I had been building. I hadn't seen any of the '80s stuff, so I was watching a lot of that and kind of. I watched a lot of uh, Stephen King adaptations last year, and like zombies have always been a big. Like I've always loved the zombies movies, and John is like the perfect patron saint of mm-hmm. <laughs> the Romero canon. So I, I owe most of my my zombie collection to him. So like that, that's a genre. Those are ones I really kind of pepper in. If there's a day where I can't handle a new one, I can just throw on any of the Romero stuff. It's just like, oh, this is just an enjoyable watch. Like yeah. now that I've seen him. So by sticking with the the Conjuring series for so long, I'm I'm wondering if I'll have time to go through all of Saw, 
all of Final Destination. Like, there's a lot more, a lot to watch. Yeah. My sister's a huge fan of the Saw series. She was telling me about it one time, and it was like, okay, I can appreciate kind of like what they're doing and how they tie things together. And I'm like, but I, I know I, I saw the first one. Yeah, the um, first one's supposed to be really good. People have like that one seems to hold up. Yeah. And then it's it got gets like a very like indie vibe, you know, like minimal yeah. set kind of thing. And then I think I watched the beginning of the second one. I was like, I'm out. Like it was like too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting too. Like I, I had seen all of the alien movies, but I hadn't seen Prometheus and I hadn't seen Covenant. Oh, and yeah. I watched those last night with Alice and Alice is kind of like, she, she loves the alien universe almost as much as like, I think Scott and her probably could <laughs> fight about who loves the franchise more. And she was kind of cagey about like Prometheus is like the one people did don't like. And mm. as I'm watching this, like it's slowly dawning on me that it's like schlocky eighties, like horror, like Prometheus is an eighties movie trapped in the skin of Ridley Scott mm. right now. Like it, it was, I loved it because it was so non sequitur. They make wild, wild decisions. They take off helmets like they they don't know they're in a horror movie at all. They don't know what movie right. they're in. It's like the closest movie to Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes I've ever seen in my life. I <laughs> couldn't I couldn't believe how yeah. and it's just delightful. Like I, I I was like, as soon as I realized, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to be suspending disbelief. Like they're they're actually acting crazy in this. Like it was good. It, it clicked. I love that movie. I'm gonna get the steel book. I'm gonna embarrass every actor who was in it by asking him to sign it because god damn it i love that movie like idris elba is in that movie okay right like they really thought that movie was gonna do well <laughs> yeah well yeah it, it was one of those things too like i remember when i watched it i was like i don't like this but it's probably because i don't know the alien universe that well and then to hear everyone who loved the alien universe was like it was terrible i was like oh okay like it's not just me you know like but like it, it's I feel so like I used as a movie. Like it, it yeah, doesn't. I I did do some sort of deep dives into it at one point. Like we're like, oh, explaining this thing, or oh, this lead scene that makes it. You know, and I watched all that stuff, and I was like, okay, like, like yeah, if you're doing a genesis to this whole universe, like yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some disconnect. A lot of it too is like I didn't realize like oh, you're also explaining how life started in the universe like okay that's that's a that's a big ordeal that's a that's a bold move you know like the whole thing of like i didn't know about the whole like the guy drinks the stuff it dissolves and it's like oh yeah that's basically one theory about how like planets are populated is some alien will dissolve their dna and it's just like what like okay (laughs) sure i guess like how am i supposed to get that from some guy drinking his goop and then dissolving like i I don't like it's so funny. Like Alice said, like it really is Ridley Scott's Phantom Menace. Like that that's what Prometheus is. Mm. It's like because he was directing again, he got to write it, they gave him as much money as he wanted, and yeah. that is what he made. It's like nobody told him no that whole movie, and it shows. Yeah. And yeah, I love it because it's I, it, it's so fucking shiny to be in the same mm. universe as Alien. Like I, it's so well, slick. Yeah, yeah. Like with a uh, uh, Phantom Menace, it's like, oh no, this is before all the shit went down. You know, like. But we liked the shit. Like, show us the shit on the wall. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just, it's so. It seems so tone deaf. 
like it really it seems like you don't know what what you created i we, we, i mean yeah. we've had the george lucas discussion like <laughs> how, how is is alien covenant because i'm interested in seeing that because i saw prometheus and i'm like maybe this will help explain things maybe so, this will fill in some gaps like covenant is ridley learning the wrong lesson from prometheus what Double he dead. thought what he yeah what he yeah so what he he seemed to think that the reason people didn't like prometheus was because there wasn't any xenomorphs in it so he just like he, he just continued kind of the same continuity as prometheus but there's xenomorphs like it's, okay. it's watchable uh, what i was i was talking to alice about it and it's like it's funny to see that the alien movies have kind of morphed into like creature features in the same way, like tremors, like they seem to be closer tonally as a series than ever before. Now tremors oh, and aliens. Yeah. I'm not, I love tremors. So I'm, I'm, I was able to make the switch. I love alien and aliens. I love those movies. I don't hold super reverence or rev, reverence for that universe. So I was able to pivot really fun, like really quickly into, oh, shiny and dumb and fun. Let's let's do that with Alien. Like I'm I'm fine yeah. with it. But I could see where if you really liked kind of the, the seriousness of those films and like the claustrophobia and, yeah. and that kind of world building that they did with the first two films, Prometheus is gonna disappoint you. And Covenant's not gonna do much better. But like yeah. there there's some solid scares in both of them. Like there's there's good alien bits. Like yeah, that was uh, that was one of the things I remember John talking about. Like the how there was that biologist, and there's like the the, the thing that's basically like a cobra, mm-hmm. and how he's like, oh, and John was like, any biologist would know that this is showing a sign of being threatened. You don't approach this. Like you should know this. You, like yeah, just all, like how all of that movie is. You is. should be smarter than this. Like that the the, the yeah. whole that's the whole reason that movie works is because yeah. everybody is so frightfully dumb. Like I, I love that. They call it the hammer peed. That's, that's like the name. That's the name of the song that plays from the score. When that thing shows up, that Cobra. And I love that design so much. Like I, I yeah. was like, I saw it open up. I was like, I am in love with this thing. It's so gross and so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that it didn't have a face somehow made it more yeah. creepy right exactly like how how does it eat how does it live what's its purpose like what you know like the fact that it kind of starts kind of like this almost i mean it looks like female sex organs like it looked like it's definitely kind of like meant to signify that and then it opens up into this gross phallic cobra nasty like oh it's so good i i love that moment seriously i was like delighted i was laughing as it was coming, it's like, this is, I, I love this so much. Oh, they take their helmets off, Tim. Why would you ever yeah. take your helmet off in the alien universe? Fucking stupid. It's like, I, and I wonder, is it, is it the type of thing where they're trying to be like, oh, because it's it's interesting how, how parallel this is to nowadays, how nonchalant so many people are with masks. And it's just like, uh-huh. is this because these are the people who've been wearing masks for a year and it's just kind of like there by by habit but you're not really thinking about it like is that the commentary he's trying to make like these people are in space so often that it's like whatever we've been to so many atmospheres where we can take our helmets off and it's fine and we just you have to wear a helmet but then as soon as we get a chance yeah take off the fucking helmet you know it's See, like i i like that as an explanation but that is like where prometheus is set in the timeline like this is new like they're exploring other places is so new that they should be fucking terrified, like 
Bones yeah. was in Star Trek. Like, disease and darkness wrapped in death and right. burning or whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. Carl Urban <laughs> nailed that role so quickly. They seem to have no respect for space whatsoever. It's like, yeah. this is why you're going to die. That was the other thing. Like, you, as much as the meatheads are, like, irritating in Aliens, you you care when they die. The the fact like the people in Prometheus are too dumb to live. Like I can't be endeared to these people because they're making such dumb decisions. Yeah, which is a different kind of horror than I ever thought Alien was. You know, like yeah. It also I feel like makes a lot of leaps in sort of how science works. Oh yeah. Like if if you know if we infect you with this disease and you have sex with your your partner. <laughs> she's going to become pregnant with an alien baby. Like, is that, is that how it works? Like, you know, or that plus like, that was one of the things I saw too, where they, I guess in one of the deleted scenes, the the robot, the Michael Fassbender guy had basically like taken that woman and like took her apart and, and it built like the face huggers. Like that's why they look like hands. The original face huggers were made from her hands. Like he somehow biologically engineered the face huggers as a delivery system for this thing. But it's like, I don't know that that's how it's working. You could take body parts, put them together, and then this thing will reproduce and look like these, mm-hmm. this, this stuff you Frankenstein together. Like, I don't, I don't know if that, I know life finds a way, but I don't know if that's how <laughs> life finds a way. That's so it just seemed very like, kind of like, yeah, like, like I know it's horror and we're supposed to just like suspend disbelief, but I feel like, I feel like no explanation for why they believe is better than, I mean, why they exist is like better than a stupid explanation, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I never needed more from alien, you know, from that universe. I only needed to see another ship and another planet or another colony. I I didn't, I didn't need it to be like a big metaphor, like the, the metaphor it's making about like rape is huge. Like it's a big deal and it's a really effective one. But, like, now we're in explain away in this series, and it's never something I wanted, and it's not so tonally dissonant from what Alien was prior to yeah. these new films. So, it, I don't know. I I think I'm getting sick of explain away, which is sad, because I, I enjoy origin stories. It's just we've got, that has been what we've been seeing for such a long time, that it's like, I just need some variety from it. And, like, Alien is yeah. supposed to to shock you. It's like, it's one of the most consistently scary movies I've ever seen is Alien. And it, it just like, it, I'm not going there for scares anymore. I'm going there because it's schlocky and fun and dumb. Yeah. It's a movie about space with aliens. Like, do we need to explain how aliens exist? Like, yeah. Like if yeah. you're going outside of your comfort zone in the universe, like obviously there's going to be life out there that, that is very different from your life, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's like, I've, I've never been watching, I don't, I don't know that anyone's watched Alien and be like, but why, why do they look like that? How did that happen? You know, it's like, it's I think like that, of course, it's space, you know, like, <laughs> everything is in space. There are right. snakes in space, there's everything in space. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think there's something to, like, the, the xenomorph is so perfectly designed to eradicate humanity. I understand wanting to know why it was designed. I get that. But you could do it very, you could do it more subtly than, oh, look at these fucking tablets and these tapestries with the same fucking dudes pointing at the stars. Like, we don't need to go Indiana Jones level background on every fucking alien origin story. Like, it's that, I got to that, I was like, that's kind of hack at this point. Like, if you went to, maybe this is what our uh, great ideas that go nowhere segment should be. 
is what <laughs> what alien sequel you would write. <laughs> but like I was thinking it would be really cool instead of doing like going to like the the xenomorph homeworld or explaining away like these god beings like created worlds and then just destroyed them because whatever like i i would have it would be really cool to have a similar team to like the very first one like that space trucking going out to a planet that was habited by a different species and they got fucking xenomorphed and you could design a xenomorph that's different from humanity because you would have another alien as the basis for the biology and then it would be humans versus this other xenomorph. And you would still be only, you'd be discovering the threat through another civilization's eyes instead of looking back on your own history to try and explain it. It'd be like, it's out there and it's more mysterious and it's more scary as a result of that. Because now we know whatever life that they interact with, they adapt to and it makes them scarier. Like, I, I think that would be the way to kind of extend that universe and you get slowly bigger, slowly bigger, slowly bigger. And then you can have Neo fighting the Sentinels on top of the Deus Ex Machina with the Xenomorph. Like, then you can get the right. shit, like, but I, just a little bit, little bit, little bit. I think that's what they try to do, but, like, Aliens 3 is, is like, this tragic story of, like, over-promising, under-producing, have, having locations scouted and then having to cancel filming. Like so much of that movie was impacted by a million things going wrong that like yeah. that franchise has kind of been floundering ever since that third movie. I think I actually saw the fourth one before I saw any of the originals. Oh, damn. It might've been watchable then. I liked it. Yeah. Like not kind of knowing, I mean, knowing a little bit, knowing that Sir Bernie Weaver you know, was it, I think I knew about the whole thing of doesn't doesn't she have like a gut buster come out and then she like launches herself into like a pit to kill herself because like rather than have it respawn isn't that how three ended or something like that? Yeah. So I knew enough about that that like when she came back it was like oh it's this resurrected clone of her like okay right. that's cool I guess. You know? And for some reason she like could telepathically communicate with the xenomorphs because she was she was cloned but there was also uh chestburster DNA. DNA yeah yeah so she got kind of this hybrid thing cool concept oh, like I, cool. yeah and i i love the fucking the avp movies i'll, I'll throw those on mm-hmm. any night those are so much fun well i feel like that's part of it too like i i actually years ago a friend of mine we did a, a marathon where i think it was when the first avp was coming out and we we binge watched all the the Predator movies leading up to that. I think he was a fan of Predator, but not so much of Aliens. But then was like, well, whatever, you know. So I kind of got a little bit into. I got a crash course in the Predator universe, you know. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that was well handled, you know. And maybe that's part of it is like we never went all the way back to like how did the Predator civilization originate, right. you know? And it's like, I mean, I feel like that's part of it too. Is like, I mean. I, I feel like that just happens in nature, you know, like they're, they're natural predators of things. I never, I never assumed the aliens were biologically engineered. I just figured like they're the dominant species of the universe and we're the pests, you know, and we're, you know, and like, that's just the nature of things. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, it didn't have to like be explained away in this vague, you know, like, Oh, well, it was, yeah was this drop of goo and it was this and we had all this goo but then and, and, and like and that was part of it too i feel like by the end of prometheus i didn't know like so is this where they came from do they already like what like yeah yeah, yeah i feel so like it just, just questions yeah 
Is somebody playing music over there, Tim? It's like vibrating happening. Oh, yeah, it's the upstairs. Oh, okay, gotcha. She's playing the opening lick to Come As You Are by Nirvana over there. Oh. Again. <laughs> uh, so that's why that's why you haven't knocked down their door, because they're playing shit you like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, at least there's that. <laughs> Did you see Predators, the third one? They all blurred together. Or maybe that was the one we saw in theaters. I can't remember. It was the one where they, I think the one we saw in theaters was the one where they dropped the people off on the planet, like Topher Grace is in it. Yeah, okay. And Adrian Brody. That, I fucking love that movie. And I think it's a very clever way of extending that universe, but not going too big too fast. Like, I I love the fact that they were like, oh, this is just a, a game to them. So they brought all this vicious shit to this planet. It's like, well, we're just going to go hunting. Like, they're fucking rednecks. Like, I, I love that yeah. characterization of the Predators, where it's it's just like, yeah, we hunt. That's what we do. And they're always so... I feel like you get a real sense of, like, xenomorphs are mindless killing machines. I mean, they're, they're clever, and they're smart, and they'll trap you. But, yeah, but, but they're animals. They're un, unreasonable. You cannot reason with them. Yeah. A hunter from the predators, you can make a deal. Like depending on what the stress is, and if they respect you, and you demonstrate that you're also a hunter. Like there, there's, I thought it was a good counterpoint to pair those two together because it's a very yeah. different mindset. Like I, I thought that was really rad. Like, yeah, I also like that the predators have technology. Like I found that really fascinating because, like, usually, yeah. like I feel like yeah, when we think of like space and aliens and, and monsters, they're just like barbarians, you know, like, 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 yeah, again, like with alien, like, yeah, there's no, there's no reasoning. They're just working totally on animal instinct and everything. Right. Whereas with them, like they've got, you know, invisibility and night vision and heat vision, like and all this, all this stuff. It's like, like, that's pretty badass. Like, I feel like they'd be badass without any of that stuff. And then right. add all that stuff. And it's like, okay. We're fine. And the fact that they have armor, and then when you see the armor revealed, like that, that was always a really cool part of them. It's like, there was layers yeah. to it. And there's like a creature back there. Yeah. So, okay, here's, here's the topic for great ideas. that go absolutely nowhere in the okay. style of alien versus predator. What are two franchises or two things that you would mash together? And it can't be DC and Marvel. Like if you <laughs> could have a, an X versus Y in the style of AVP, what would you want to see? Does it have to be horror or could it be? No, anything. Okay. But it, instead, like, let's, we'll do the BVS. It has to be X versus Y. So here it comes. Here we go. Terminator versus Back to the Future. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be fuck, fucking Marty McFly having to deal with. <laughs> Can you imagine Crispin Glover and Arnold in a scene together? It'd be fucking fascinating to see them work with each other. <laughs> I, I mostly just want to see them both fight about how time travel works. Because <laughs> in Terminator, you have that like loop that you can't get out of, right? The, the world they're living is already been, you know, you can't change it because it's, it's dependent on that. Whereas with Back to the Future, like, oh, we can go back and change stuff and we arrive at a new future, you know? So, like, it would really be interesting to see you know, since Marty McFly has done it repeatedly, has changed the past and then have to go back again and fix things. 
to have him be fucking like the fix the Terminator universe <laughs> because they they apparently can't, you know, and like, <laughs> you know, like they've tried, but it's like no, this is all like preordained. So I that's more what I want to see is the 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 way time travel is handled in both of those, like going up against each other, and you know, yeah, how like somehow, uh, yeah, somehow like we. They, they they can't break out of that and like the whole idea of you know, like oh well you know john connor's only alive because he sent his father back in time to impregnate his mother and it's like i feel like it's that different you know those two different ways that time travel is handled so i think I, that's what i would want to see and that's yeah just smart. to see how like i feel like the also the the sort of trope of back to the future is going to this new time and then your time machine breaks so how do you right. how do you deal with that so <laughs> seeing him seeing them kind of stuck in the the age of the machines and be right. like, okay, how the fuck do we build a new time machine, you know, with, with these fucking robots trying to kill everybody. Then you can work it in like doc is partially responsible for Cyberdyne's like rise. Ooh. Like for good. some reason, like, like he's a former, that's why he's a disgraced nuclear physicist is that he right. worked for Cyberdyne. Yeah. That, that, that works so Actually, well, it hurts. <laughs> he could also be a cyborg. That would explain why he's either 30 or 80. <laughs> and that's why he survived the fucking armada or the, the machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bulletproof vest. It was just the robot under there. <laughs> but yeah, and I could, I could see it'd be, it'd be really cool to like have to... I, I feel like that's part of it too, is like in the Terminator movies, there's always been like kind of one thing that happens like oh this last time and that's what i never get to like in the future when they're like we sent one terminator and it didn't work okay we're gonna send someone again but it's gonna be later like how about okay let's send a second terminator but to the same time the first terminator was there so now there are two terminators and see if that like like every time they're sending someone back it's always at a later point in time from when they sent something back like why don't they just pile on you know, I understand if they only have like one at a time that they're sending, but why does that one always have to go back to a later time than when the first one went back? Not be like, okay, let's send the T-1000 at the same time that we send the original, you know, T-800. So it's like, you've got to go up against Arnold and, you know, any of the ones that have come after that, like just keep going to that same point in time. So it's like, okay, one turn it. Okay. Two at a time. Okay. Three at a time. So then it's up to Marty and Doc to be like, okay, we've got to go back in time. But like, to do it multiple times where they keep trying to go back and like, okay, this is what actually kicks off Cyberdyne. Like, oh no, it's Genesis now. Okay, well, we're going to go after that. You know, and I feel like every time they think they've fixed the future, but they haven't, like, we're still just dealing with that one event. And it's like, well, we're just kind of stuck here. And I guess this it's because is... the people in the present don't have a time machine. So it's I like think... to have pretty sure rick and morty did an, an episode exactly like this where they just keep oh, popping man. back in trying to fix it and it just gets worse and worse i mean the snake one right like the snake terminator one is essentially that oh that's right yeah. right because the terminator just keeps going back and it's like kind of human kind of not like what a snake thinks a human is like right yeah yeah no, I, I, I don't know i still stand it. by it though no i'd, I'd watch it <laughs> i i'm i, I pre-bought the ticket i'm i'm <laughs> pre-ordered I think it, it might be cool to do like Sherlock Holmes versus Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. I'm just epic rap battles. <laughs> like just, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, I, I don't know. Like I was also thinking it, I'd be interested to see. Oh, okay. This, my mind just, just clicked. Okay. This is not so much a versus. So I'm, I'm breaking the rules that I established. We're going nowhere. Continue. <laughs> like that is the important bit that we're not going anywhere. I want an ocean's, 11 but directed by wes anderson 
Oh, God. I want it quirky as hell, but also cool. That's the thing. I want those two aesthetic to work. That's the It's Ocean's Eleven cool versus Wes Anderson quirky. And I want it to be good. This is this is the thing I want. I want it to be really precise and really symmetrical and really orchestrated, but also about crying watching Oprah on the couch with uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Tim's like, oh, I wow. will not be watching that move. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what was I watching the other night? Someone was pitching the idea to Ocean's One. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he just wants to watch. Oh, it's like Family Guy. That's what it was. CGI, de-aged Clooney, just fucking what pickpocketing kids. Like what? Yeah, because it, it, yeah, it was. Well, it was funny because he was saying something about like, oh, like Quagmire was going to get back at Brian for something, mm-hmm. and the the pirate with the peg legs and arms shows up. And he's yeah. like, oh, here's my my here's my screenplay for Ocean's One. It was like four hundred and fifty pages or something like that. He's like, oh, if you like this one, I have parts two through seven ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) But I was trying to think, like, what a good Oceans versus would be. But, like, there's just already so many. Oceans (gasps) 13 versus Oceans 8. But it's the same universe, though. Like, I feel like eventually we'll get something. Yeah, it's different. I was trying to, like, no, you're right. How about Oceans 11 versus Zombies? Like what zombies? Any zombies? So it's a are... zombie. It's a zombie apocalypse. But the heist is to like survive. Like, or the heist is like we got to find the cure. So they have to break into this building with security, but also it's the zombie apocalypse. So they're like real stakes, not just like yeah. It's not like oh, you can go to jail in this yeah. fake like where where criminals are like superheroes and don't don't ever get in trouble where it's right. like but like fucking zombie eating Matt Damon's character. Let's do that. Let's, let's get Linus out of there. Yeah. Then he comes back at the end. It looks like, Oh, then you can end it the same way. So it's, it's Vegas. It's just oceans 11, but Vegas is overrun by zombies. And at the end where they like go to the fountain to like, look at the fireworks, like Matt date, like Linus shows up, but he's a zombie <laughs> and he fucking kills them all in front of the fountains. Oh, we could have it like, like Shaun of the dead where, you know, his, his brother is it Scott Con? Is that the guy who plays his brother? Yeah, yeah. Like has him tied up in a shed, you know, in his backyard <laughs> so he can still go hang out with his brother. The Mormon <laughs> twins. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause that's no, no, it's Casey Affleck plays one of the Mormon twins with Scott Aston, And then it's uh, oh, Matt right. Damon play God, these are such white people names. Matt Damon plays Linus, who has the dad who is a thief who works with the gaming oh, commission right. that comes back that's in the right. third one. Anyway. <laughs> it's just Oceans Eleven versus Zombies. That's my pitch. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so that'd be Oceans 14 and the 14th one is Ocean. a zombie. It would be Oceans with a Z. Nice. And the Z would be bloody. <laughs> Oceans Zero. Ocean Zero. Yes. Ocean's Patient Zero. That's yeah. that's like the, the studio copy, but we'll we'll work it down to Ocean's right. Zero. Yeah. It'll be nothing like the book. <laughs> that's a joke for just me and Tim. <laughs> well, that's about it. Get this. That. He's gonna wear a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's still like not like intelli- unintelligible to anybody besides me. <laughs> it's great. 
Well, on that note, that's about enough of that. And here's Tim with the final word. Reaver. No, that's actually a delay. It's just going to like that go out to infinity. <laughs> <laughs>